Ahmad. Good morning. There are so many of you who have returned from the holiday from Indonesia. I want to welcome you all. And I really give thanks to God that we can be here together on the third week of January. Isn't it quick? It's only been a start of the year, but it's already the third week. Last week, we have learned about um, from Abraham that a life that is full of certainty, there is a life that is that believes in God, a life that is um, brave to brave enough to give everything to God. Last week, we learned about how God has promised Abraham that his descendants will be as much as the stars in the sky, and Abraham will will have the promised land and before Abraham enjoy or experience these promises before Abraham can receive what God has promised him God has already asked him something first so then Abraham can give him when Abraham asked God how do I know that I will have your promise it is logic, isn't it, for Abraham to ask that sort of question. But God's answer is quite funny because when Abraham asks, how do I know that I will have your promises? And God said, prepare me, bring me a three-year-old hiver, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon and when I count calculated it a high fur probably if you make it as a suffering it's probably weigh about 400 kilos for one high fur for one female goat and one ram it'll probably be around about 100 kilos in weight and you can imagine um, the cost of it will probably cost about 20 um, $20 each kilo, you can imagine that it's going to cost $12,000 um, so you can see it costs a lot and if, you, if you're Abraham you haven't received anything from his promises and then you're being asked to spend $12,000, would you want to do that? You might not want to do that, but amazingly Abraham has believed in, his, in the promises, that's why he um, he sacrificed and he brought everything that God has asked. Abraham's belief is considered as the truth. And this is such an amazing thing. So in other words, the more we, the braver we give what God has asked from us, it shows the how much we believe in God. It shows how much, how big our faith is. And as a result, we will receive God's promises because we can receive God's promises because of our beliefs. And this morning, my sermon will be about a life that is full of certainty, the second um, series. I was trying to make it a two series, but it's a lot. So I, um, I have to make a third series out of it. So today will be the second series and next week will be the third series. Today I will talk about 
what makes the stamp for the believers to receive a life that is full of certainty. The salvation that is in us is a certain salvation. Um, salvation. You don't say, oh, hopefully I am safe. If you believe in Jesus, there is no such a thing as hopefully because it doesn't, um, it doesn't apply to the believers. But for God, when you believe in the faith of Jesus, then salvation is promised to us. So I believe that our life is also a promised one. Amen. The end result is already guaranteed. That's why in the Bible it says that in God there is only yes and amen. There is no yes or no. There is only yes and amen. It means that it's a life that is full of certainty. So what is the first stamp? So then the life of a believer is a life that is certain is the life that is um, guaranteed with the blood of Jesus. Let us have a look at Genesis 15, verse 8. So at that time, God asked Abraham to give him the three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, and a three-year-old ram, and a turtle dove, and a young, a young pigeon. So these animals have been um, sliced into two. Everything has been divided into two, but except the young pigeon and a turtle dove. Now let's have a look at verse 17. And it came to pass when the sun went down and it was dark that behold there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between those pieces. On the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abraham saying to your descendants I have given this land from the river of Egypt to the great river the river Ephrates, the Canaanites and Canaanites and Camnodites and Hittites and the Parasites and Rephaim, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Gigasites and the Jebusites. Previously, Abraham has asked to God in verse 8, said, Lord God, how shall I know that I will inherit it? So God responded to Abraham's question with making a covenant. If I think about it, God is so amazing. If I am God, I wouldn't want to make a covenant. Why is that? Because it is something that is not meant to be done. God, whether you believe it or not, He is still God. Although you might, you may doubt God, because there are a lot of them who doubted God. Would God help me? Is does God exist? Does God is able is God able to protect me or heal me? There are so many people who doubt in in God, but God is still God. So if I am God, when Abraham asked that sort of question, I would have said, whether you believe it or not, then it's up to you. 
So why am I supposed to make a covenant? God is a God who is so humble, but so many of His children are quite proud. The children can. Um, the dad is um, the dad is quite humble, but the kids are normally proud. They get offended quite easily. They they get bitterness or annoyed, angry, and all that. And that's God's children. But I believe there are none over here. Amen. No one's um, is admitting it. But there's so many. Um, but our God is a God who is so humble. Because with Abraham, with the question, it shows where, um, that he is unsure of things. Last week I have explained to you, Abraham in, is impotent. His wife Sarah, um, Sarai, she can't have any children. She is barren. And when God said, look at the stars in heaven, um, in the sky, if you can count it, that's how much your descendants will be. And to Abraham, it is quite impossible. But Abraham believed in that. And then God showed Abraham, look at that, the, um, the land from the river of, um, of Egypt and the river of Ephrath. Every All that is the land of so many different um, people it belongs to someone else but God said all that I will give them to you and imagine if I if I'm walking with you at Princess Highway and I told you look at that building that building that building I'm gonna give it to you would you believe me they all belong to other people likewise God what God has promise to Abraham at that time it belongs to so many different nations Abraham can say oh God then it all belongs to someone else why are you giving it to me you can give um, ask God that question right but God is so amazing he is so humble and he made a covenant he asked um, Abraham to prepare all those um, sacrifices and when the day started to become dark a smoking oven appeared from the heaven and a burning torch that passed between those pieces it's amazing that God has sealed the um, promise with a covenant he made a covenant and what does that mean it means that God's promise is sealed with His own presence. So you imagine in Indonesia, if you made a, um, a promise, you make you have the stamp, and you um, and you sign on top of that stamp. In other words, that that stamp has uh, has the authority of, from uh, Indonesian government. So you have place the authority of the Indonesian government on top of that promise that you have made. The president doesn't have anything to do with that, but the authority is placed in that stamp. But God is so amazing. His promises with His people is not 
being placed on behalf of a stamp, but with his own presence. God's burning torch came from um, from heaven and went past those pieces. In other words, that God's promise with his people, God's promises with you, it has been stepped with his own presence. So when you believe in Jesus and receive Jesus as your one and only Savior, he is in you. He is dwelling in you. He doesn't just stay or just stay for a couple of seconds and then leave again. No, he doesn't. But God actually dwells in you. He resides in you. He resides in us, and that is God. So when, uh, so with God's promises is being sealed with His own presence, not with His um, ring of authority, but with Himself, His presence. That's why God's um, promises is amazing because He presence there to seal the His promises. You can imagine when the Israelites was in the um, in the wilderness at that at night. There's a, a torch, and when Moses um, saw the burning um, burning um, bush, see the fire represents God Himself, because when Moses um, saw the burning bush. God told him to take off his shoes because that place is holy. So God's covenant with between you and me is a covenant that is sealed with His own presence. He doesn't send. He didn't not send anyone to come on behalf of Him, but He is with us. The Holy Spirit is with us. That's why believe and be certain that you're not alone. Whatever your situation you're in, in whatever circumstance you're in. You are never alone. God's promises is not just a contract that that is in this world that has expiry date. See, in this world there are so many expiry date, and it has to be renewed. But God's contract is like a covenant. His presence is like a covenant because it is eternal. That's why it's amazing. That's why this contract or covenant with God is just like marriage. That's why people, Christians, when they are married, they shouldn't, um, they shouldn't divorce. Whatever happened, because God is there. God, who who you have um, invited to be the witness of your marriage, He doesn't want to be the witness of your divorce. God is there, and He sealed that covenant. One day, if you have a look at, um, if you have look at the culture of Indian apache, an Indian, if he wants to mature, he has to go through a ceremony. This, this young man, his eyes is blindfolded, and at night, as the um, as the sky has gone dark. He's brought into a forest and he's set right in the middle of the forest. In the middle of the night, he is not allowed to um, take off his blindfolds and he has to sit there by himself all night long. You can imagine a child who is approximately 16, 17 years old. He has to sit in the middle of the forest like that without any 
any um, food or anything and he has to be able to listen all the sound that the animals making in in the forest all night long those ones who are scared those who are brave and not open the um, the blindfold they are considered as mature and one day there is an Indian Apache child who was about to be sent and said to be a mature one. He was brought into the forest by his dad and I said and his dad said, Oh, you stay here all night. Tomorrow when the sun rises then that's when you can open your bind foot. And then he was left alone. And this child all night long he was listening to all the sounds of the animals, the wild animals. You can imagine what sort of noises are those animals making in the forest. I was once um, hiked a mountain, like a volcanic mountain. I like going. Um, I like to go hiking with my friends, and then before we went up to the mountain, we come prepared and all that, and then to. Um, to be prepared for the trip and as we hiked up not even towards the right at the top of the mountain we came up and we can see that the um, the, the mountain is quite Marabi mountain is quite famous that there's so many wild animals in there as we approach a place that is quite noisy we can hear the the tiger um, how howling and I was so surprised I was so shocked and when I heard that howling the howl of the tiger made me having those um, goosebumps my friend who you know throughout the trip he kept on um, he was a chatterbox he stood um, he stood and he peed on the spot he was so scared. Why? Because the howling of that tiger is so scary. I hope that you can only hear that in the Tarunga soon, not in the forest. Don't try it in the forest because otherwise you're gonna pee on your um, on the spot. It was so scary, and this child he was all by himself all night long in the middle of the forest, and he had to hear all those wild um, animals making all those howling and noises. And he was so scared. All night long, he was already meditating. He was listening to the voices from the boar, from the tiger. And if you like to go um, hiking and you hear all the boars uh, sound, even if um, their face is ugly, their voice is also scary. Imagine if you're blindfolded in the middle of the night. You can't do anything. All you can do is just sit still on top of a rock there. And this child, all night long, he was so scared. But then he stands still. He endured it. In the morning, as the sun rises, he said, Ah, this is a time that I can open my blindfold. As he opened his blindfold, Oh, his dad is actually right in front of him, waiting for him all night long. So what do you think is the moral of the story? Sometimes in our life, God allows us to, um, for our faith to be matured. That's why sometimes 
God has brought us to see all the things that sometimes scared us through all the problems that sometimes make us scared to face all those problems but believe in that if the father of that child was waiting for his child in front of him do you think that our God is waiting for us of course he he is living with us he will never leave um, let us spend all the night in a dark night all by himself because we are with our father in heaven why because the covenant is sealed with his presence once he present into your life he's never gonna leave you alone he will always be with you forever and if you're if the father of this indian child know uh, and be responsible of the safety of his child likewise our father in heaven is far more responsible because he knows for sure how he can protect you he can take care of you in every single problem you have and he how he can bring you through the um, the winding roads of your life to face all the problems that might scare us but if we know the principle of this covenant is sealed by his own presence God own presence then there is no such um, such reason that we should be afraid of no matter what problem you're in at the moment God is with you you're never gonna live in your life by yourself you're gonna you're never gonna walk alone because God is always with us amen hallelujah praise God that's why we shouldn't be afraid whatever happens um, in our life although it's in a darkness God is always be with us brothers and sisters in Christ the second thing God's covenant applies to everyone no matter who they are sometimes you might think oh sir do you think God will accept me I have a very bad background I probably people don't know about myself I know myself that I'm not good enough do you think that God will accept me God's promise with Abraham is done with sacrifices of animals. If you think about it, however, and when, one, when God has given the Ten Commandments to Moses, you can see that however is a, um, a key of sacrifice for the wealthy ones. If you're un slightly unwealthy, then you give the um, the female goat as a sacrifice offering. One lower, um, one level down, you can um, you can sacrifice the um, the ram. And then if you're um, if you're slightly underneath that level, you sacrifice um, turtle dove. And the lowest one is a young pigeon. So God has asked Abraham from the um, from the high verse to the young pigeon, it means that God's covenant covers all the level of people, right from the wealthiest one, from the most powerful one, right down to the most simple and ordinary person. God is giving it to us, regardless who we are. With pastors, sometimes it's different. Sometimes with pastors they look after the um, the wealthy ones and they don't disregard the um, the poor ones see 
But that is normal. But our God, our God can dis um, distinctive each person. Each per um, people can um, have a look at people based on what they wear. That's how they measured. But our God never measure anyone. Everyone is being treated the same way. Right from the most wealthiest one to the poorest one. Why? Because he God said he asked for the hiver, the young ram, um, the ram, the turtle dove, and the young pigeon. The turtle dove and the pigeon wasn't allowed to be um, cut, divided by two. With God, He looked after everyone the same way. That's why I'm so pleased that in my life I have learned not to be afraid of money. Once, once a pastor um, is scared of money, they will not be able to serve God because they will serve the money. That's why let us have the attitude of heart the same way as looking at 1,000 with 10,000. No matter what it is. Yesterday I, um, I thought about the end of the world. People can be so rich without having to focus on money. But there are so many people who are poor and they are so focused on money. So the most important thing is not to care about how much money you have, but it's the heart not to be focused to our money. As long as we are, as long as our heart focus on the money, our hearts can never focus on God. That's why be gladful if you re, um, if you're blessed with a lot of money. Although you're being given an average amount of money, then just praise God, because comparing it to whether having one million with one thousand dollars, there shouldn't be any distinctive. You should have the same um, thankfulness. Because normally humans, they're, um, they're being more complicated with when they have less things. They keep on worrying, thinking about it, and they're always afraid of what is in the future. And they always say, oh, if only if I have a Mercedes. And when, once you have a Mercedes, oh, imagine if I have a Rolls Royce. Or if you have a house, if you don't have a house, you say, oh, if only if I have a house. And once you have a house, you'll say, oh, if only if I have two houses. Humans has never been pleased with anything because whatever things that you're blessed with is still not going to be enough. That's why we have to try to control our heart and our mind to focus on God far more than anything else. And if our heart's attitude to the words $1,000 and $1 million is the same in giving thanks, that is what you have to do. I really wish that not, none of the CLC congregation's life is full of worriness. I want to ask you, living each day, is it getting harder or easier? How do you know if your life is getting harder? To me, my answer is easy. The Bible has said, in the last days of the on the earth, life is going to be even harder. Don't ever think that it's going to become easier. But as, 
although the world can become harder, but our hearts will never grow weary. As long as our life will never be difficult. Why? Because our God has given us a covenant with His presence. And God, our God never measure anyone else indifferently. God will have the same love towards all of us, um, whatever money you have and whatever level of um, society you're in. That's why God really wants us to have Him as a whole. Sometimes we measure God based on His blessings. If He's giving us a lot of blessings and you say, Oh God, hallelujah, you're such a good God. But once our salary has decreased a little bit and once we have less working hours, we started to become worried and in doubt. How often do we measure God based on His blessings? It is a biggest mistake because why? God doesn't love us depending on His blessings. He's blessing us so then we can grow deeper in love with Him. That's why we have to know how to protect our hearts so then we can love Him more. Now why is it that the sacrifices has been divided into two? There are two understandings in this. Why is those um, sacrifices um, divided into two? It means that there is an equality in the responsibles and um, the rights. For example, if you have a covenant between the first person and the second person, there are the same equality um, of rights and responsibilities. And likewise, God has given us the guarantee. There, there is equality in there. There is an assurance that God will be with us with every single thing that we do. For example, a concrete example is this. If you know that God has a covenant um, with you, and when you give your tithe, your financial problems will be guaranteed by God. When you have given your time to God, be sure that God will, um, that you will never need more time to complete all your responsibilities and tasks. Is there any of you who feel ah? Oh, how come the time so flies so quickly? What did I do all day? How come it's already late at night? Sometimes we don't realize that we have used the time inefficiently and ineffectively. How many people don't realize um, that they wasted their time with watching television, watching DVDs, or play games or whatnot? But if you bring all these things to God, your time will be used effectively your time will not be cheap anymore and it becomes more expensive. That's why if we give our time to God and prioritize it, then God will make us use that time effectively and wisely and it will become more valuable in our life. And if God has give, and if you've given your um, strength and effort to serve the Lord, then God will ensure that you have a perfect life and perfect health until your hair um, turns gray. God will always be with you. He has guaranteed us for a perfect health. 
That's why, why is it that so many people are getting sick? Why is it that a lot of people, once they become 15, 60, they start to have amnesia? You know the, um, the Ill disease called dementia, Alzheimer? It is a disease who reduces the, um, the effectiveness of the brain cells. About 10,000 brain cells has died. And so then, so then we, um, the only way of rejuvenating again to reprodu um, reproduce those cells, there's an activity that is required in our brain. There has to be an activity that is quite new and it's always been new. So for example, if you are, if you normally brush your teeth with your right hand, try something new. Brush your teeth with your left hand. Everything that you do quite new and different, it will help you to um, help your brain to reproduce a new cell. If you normally go and drive your car, you normally open the, um, the door uh, and enter from the door where you want to sit in, right? Try If you try to help hop on from the other door, once you do something new, if you want to drive, it will give your into your brain a signal, hey, there is something new, something that is new and needed. So you can have the, um, the brain. If you, um, you want to, um, do you like to? Yeah. Which one do you like better, um, for you to be driven um, around or to drive around? I'm sure you all like to be, um, to be driven around, right? Why? So then I can relax, I can sleep. And the one who is driving has to concentrate and stay awake, but you can sleep as a passenger. But I want to tell you, good news for those who love to drive. Because when you're driving, you're concentrating. There is a car, there is... Um, there's another thing, and once you concentrate in it, there is a signal in your brain to make, um, to make your brain to reproduce a new cell. So for those of you who love to sleep, there is a bad news for you. It doesn't mean that you, when you sleep as resting, you know there is a, there is a hobby for you guys to sleep. Um, so if you have a hobby of sleeping, it's a bad news. Because that brain cells will not be used. Imagine if you're sleeping, you're not going to sleep and think about it, right? So the people who are sleeping, their mind and their brain is used freely. And once the brain is not used for quite some time, then the brain cell is not going to be active. And you started to lose your brain cells. If you can imagine an old person who has amnesia, then they have, their brain has shrunk. And the um, and all the vines in the um, 
in the brain, it's not going to be used effectively. If your name is Agus, you might change to Benny. And you ask, oh, have you eaten yet? And they've already eaten four times. And they say, oh, not yet. Why? Because their, their mind is not used effectively. That's why you have to be thankful that you're an active person today. Don't ever whinge because the more you're, the busier you are, the more you have to give thanks. Why? Because your brain is always being used effectively and producing more cells. Sometimes we might not think that you know we need to reproduce those cells because sometimes we're not being invited to you to be creative. That's why you have to try something new. Same thing as um, cooking. So many um, wives who does routine things, as in cooking. But once you cook creatively, it's different. In Australia, I'm glad. Um, I'm so glad that Henny lives in my place. She loves to cook. They um all I you know all my life I've never knew there is a soto. You add a um a green vegetable. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> It's something creative, although it's something, it's the same um, cooking, but um, cooked differently, it is different. And the more you use your brain, the sharper your brain will become. Don't ever believe that once you grow old, you will um, become amnesia. Because when we always um, use our brain effectively, then I believe that our brain um, will be use um, quite effectively. I believe that Abraham, although he's old, he's not um, amnesia yet. I always pray that not even one person in here um, to, um, to become amnesia. And I always say, oh God, please give such creativity to this congregation so that they can live effectively with God. They don't do such useless things. And they can become God's children who is so blessed by God right until the end of their age. Until their golden age. They never have less health or less wisdom or less creativity. But they always be blessed abundantly. Amen? And that's the second thing. So how does God give His covenant um, doesn't matter who we are. The, um, the animal sacrifices has been divided into two because in God's covenant, there, there are two lives. If you imagine an animal being divided by two, one person holds one part and the other person holds two parts, it means that there is a unity in their life and God's life is connected to your life and your life is connected to God's life regardless God wants to have that sort of covenant to all of us to give his life to you and also he's asking that your life to be given to him and that is God's covenant that's why in God there's no uh, it's not just your money that moves there's so many people who says, oh, as long as my money is serving God, nah, it's not right. God doesn't need your money to serve Him. He wants your life as a living sacrifice, a holy sacrifice that is um, pleasing God.
That is our life. That needs to be given to Him. Why? Because He has given His life to all of us. And that is the, um, the main key. Why is it that God's covenant is sealed with His blood? The third thing. Covenant with God um, involves death, um, life and death. It's not a normal contract, but it's a contract that involves life and death. Why is it that God asks, starting from Abel time, Cain, when he gives sacrifices, he sacrifices plants and all that. And I thought, oh yeah, Cain might be a gardener. He loves to um, to plant vegetables and all that. So since he's a farmer, he can, you know, give sacrifices of all his um, crops and everything. And God received that. I thought God will receive that. But Abel has sacrifices, animal sacrificing. And God has received his sacrifices. So ever since Abel time, sacrifices to God, whatever covenant that we give to God, it's always been sealed with blood. There's always sacrifice that needs to be made. There's a lot, although an animal has to be sacrificed, there has to be a life. That's why it's different with so many other religious principles that is teaching, that is teaching us. There is a life sacrifices, sacrifices that involves life and death from generation to generation. Let's have a look at Romans 4, verse 23 to 25. Romans chapter 4, verse 23 to 25. Now it was not written for, this, for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us. It shall be imputed to us who believe in him, who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. There's not even one religion that teaching the principle of life and death of these sacrifices. The sacrifice says between life and death from generation to generation. So for example, Abel's sacrifices, how come um, Abraham asked Isaac to sacrifice, um, to be sacrificed by Abraham? on the Mount of Moriah. Why is it? Because of this principle. Because for God, the covenant is sealed with blood. It's a covenant with, that is with life and death. It represents of Jesus who is guaranteed the salvation of our life. One day, there was a, um, a king He's quite old age and he reckons that he needs to find someone who can replace him. 
and he made an announcement for all of you my people who feel that you're able to replace me then come on a certain day and so many came and the king has um, given them a seed this is a peanut seed everyone knows and he he hand them out and God is saying to his people I'm giving you all this one seed to each one of you plant it and I want to see your responsibility of looking after this plant how far can you be responsible of this one single seed and if you can have a responsibility to one single seed then I can have my humble heart to give you all my um, my kingdom I give you six months and then you must come and bring me your the result of your responsibility and then off they go they all came after six months there are some who have um, who have grown small and big sizes they started to look at each other starting uh, they started to be proud of what they've done and then one day there were um, but there is one person who only brought uh, uh, soil and um, and the seed he's he also doesn't understand why isn't the um, the seed growing and he is the one who is uh, who is um, so um, he is truthful and the king started to have a look at all the results and he came to this person who only brought his pot of soil and the seed and he said to the king and oh I'm sorry I tried it I I planted I give it um all my care and everything but this seed did not grow at all and then God said to him all my people I'm actually disappointed from all of these people there's only one person who is truthful you know that the seed that I gave to you it's a dead um, seed it's the nut that I've already cooked and you can't plant it and I want to see all the truthfulness from all of you and all of you are liars because you have changed all the seed so they all grow and this one person he is so truthful he did not change it that's why it did not grow and this is the kind of person that I can um, trust to take over my kingdom if I give you all if all of you I've given my kingdom to then there's gonna be a lot of corruptions but I believe that this person is truthful and so he brought that person and made him his his replacement our father in heaven never give us a dead seat he always give us Jesus who is alive amen he's not die he's alive if the king has given that seed is trying to find the truthful one to be the um, to reign over his kingdom then God has given the Jesus into our lives so then we can be with him in eternal life amen that's why how God's covenant we have to obey and respect because this covenant involves life and death 
whatever God um, is given to Abraham doesn't apply to Abraham only, but to his generations, including our generation these days. The truth and the promises that God has given to Abraham is the promises that applies to us up until today because we believe in Jesus. He's not a dead God, but He is an alive God. He is the one who will give us the opportunity to reign with Him in eternal life. That's why let us all respect the covenant that God has um, given to us. The fourth and last thing. What, what is it that God's covenant is um, binding um, the life with each other? God is binding His life with ours, and ours is bound with His life. It's never going to become separated. Wherever God is, that's where He is. And wherever we are, God is there. And whatever we do, God is always working with us to, keep, um, to bring goodness to all of us who loves Him. Brothers and sisters, a life that is full of certainty is a life that is guaranteed with the covenant of God with the um, and sealed by His blood. If in Abraham's time, God, is, God sealed His promise with the blood of the animal sacrifices, now with us, God has given us the blood of Jesus on the cross. He has given to us all of his death. And now it is time for us. His part has already been done, and our part is what is left to be done. If God has given such a covenant that involves life and death, that doesn't, that is regardless of who we are, that is being sealed with his presence, the covenant that bounds our life and His life together. So today, if you and I feel that we have that covenant with God, what should you do? God's part is done. What are we supposed to do with our parts? Let us all, if you're studying, then study with all your hearts. Your responsibility is not to your parents. Yeah, it is that your parents give you all the money, but the responsibility of students is to give to God because He's the one who gives us the wisdom. Your responsibility is not just working. Yeah, you're working to earn money, but your responsibility is to glorify God in your workplace. How can do you think that God can use you to be His living testimonial in the family? Your responsibility with your husband and wife, to your children, to your parents. It's not a coincidence that God has given you a family. Why is it that you're not um, born in the family of African? How come you're not born in an African uh, if you're born in your family? It's because God knows that you have your responsibility to be a part of that family today. Whatever you do to your to your parents, what are you going to do to your husband, wife, and your parents? There's always responsibility. Do it. Colossians 3.23, to do it, not to men, but to God. Because from for God, we will receive our own part as a reward from God. 
How come you've been made as husband and wife and not another person? Why? Because there is always plan. Because there is a special covenant in you. Although his uh, his nose is quite um, sunken in, but it's still alright. Although they're not slim anymore, they've gone sally chabir, it's okay. You respect it because everything is from God. Whatever He has given to us, we have to respect it. And I believe that our life would be a life that is full of certainty. Your family, household will be blessed. Your physical and your spiritual health will be perfect if we only know the covenant principle of God. Amen. Let us all pray. Let us all meditate what we've heard today. We have to give thanks that our God is an alive God. In God's hand, everything that is dead will be alive. Whatever, whatever is alive will grow even, even more. That's why I believe that the blessing that is in God's hand is not a static blessings but it's going to be a dynamic blessings and it's going to grow more and more Isaac has been blessed by God he becomes so rich richer than richer and more richer that's why I believe in God who is alive whatever we do whether it be working serving the Lord ministry and whatever functions we have in this life, it's going to grow. Because why? Because in God, who is in us, our life is full of certainty. Thank you, Father God, for the life that is full of certainty that you've given to us. Although today we might not completed our problems, but we believe that we are with you. You're facing our problems too, together with us. And we know, Lord God, that with you all our pro problems will be solved because you have promised us you're a faithful God who has given us a way out so then we can overcome those problems. Whatever happened in our life, Lord God, you always work in it to bring goodness to all of us. That's why, Father God, we just want to give you thanks for whatever happened in our life up until today. We just want to give you thanks. Because you're such an amazing God. You're a God who always blessed your children. You're a God who sealed your covenant with your own presence. With your presence, Lord. With your existence in us. Thank you, Father God. Because you're a God who is so just. And you doesn't look at whatever background we have. You don't look at whoever we are. But you're looking at who you are, who has loved us. A God who has made us all righteous. You're a God who is worthy to be praised and to be worshipped. Who has made us worthy to be your children. Thank you, Father God. We just want to surrender all our life into your hands. And may you always continue to give the best in us and work amazingly in our life, day by day, and our life will be full of certainty with you, Lord. There is no yes or no.
but there is always yes and amen. It's going to be full of certainty. That's why we will be able to move forward and to face all the problems in our life. Thank you, Father God. In the name of Jesus, we just want to ask you to stamp your word into our heart so that we can all experience you, a living God. You're an amazing God. Thank you, Father God. We just want to pray and we give you thanks. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you all.